What's going on, everybody? It's the first episode of what I'm going to call the C-String Podcast. Why is it called the C-String Podcast? Because that little chord you just heard to start on that intro was a C chord. And the C-String is needed to play a C chord, so I thought, why not? This is the C-String Podcast. Off the top of my head, uh, maybe it'll change, maybe it won't, maybe it'll stick forever, who knows? Maybe this will be the only episode. But... I thought I'd make great use of the microphone I got for Christmas, and this is how I would do it. Um, so let's get started. I got a list of a few things to talk about. Um, it's not always going to be just whatever's on my mind. Uh, it will evolve into something more specific. It won't be broad all the time. It will gain an identity, uh, essentially. Um, but this is the first episode. It's just something I'm just something I'm going to spit out there, and we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, the first thing I'm going to talk about today is books. Yes, very boring to some, I know. But we're going to talk about it because I want to. So, I read a book recently. Um, it's called The Guest List by Lucy Foley, I believe. I don't actually have it with me right now, so I don't, I can't confirm that. But I believe it's by Lucy Foley. Um, it's a great book. Uh, I love every bit of it. I'm not going to spoil it, um, just in case somebody wants to read it. But I will say it's a book written uh, from multiple perspectives. And uh, I was thinking about it uh, as I was reading it. And I've actually read quite a few books that uh, are read from, or that are told rather, from multiple different um, character perspectives. And this one's, uh, this one was an interesting twist on it because uh, well, should I should I spoil? Uh, it's not really spoilers, but uh, essentially, uh, somebody uh, dies, and uh, that they they give that away pretty pretty quickly on pretty early on in the book. But you know, you're told this uh, why these people are on this guest list, um, how they get to this place. What are they doing there? And then once they're there, how they're interacting with one another, um, what they're saying to each other, and then once you know, once this thing happens, you know, what what do they do? What do they think? Um, it's really interesting because, you know, in past um, past books I've read, um, this it was their their multiple main character thing uh, was done very differently than this. Um, it was mostly, you had your, your one main character, and then you'd have, like, three or four different side characters, but they'd still get their own perspective, and they'd still get their own story told. Um, whereas this one, you feel like there's not necessarily a main character here. Um, there is a main focus, and that's the, the groom and the bride, but you... They're, they're not the main story. And it's really interesting to see um, kind of sort of a mystery book uh, unfold from different sides of the... from different uh, points of view, I should say. Um, but I just thought it was really interesting. Uh, I won't spoil it. Uh, the butler did it. I'm just kidding. All right. The next book I'm going to read is the narrative of Kepaza de Vaca. Um, it's an assigned reading. It's for a class. 
but I think it's going to be a little bit interesting. Um, the main character's actual name is uh, Alvar Nunez. Or not main character, I shouldn't say that, but uh, it's a narrative of his life. Um, but it offers, what he offers in this book is a first-hand account of the earliest, some of the earliest European depiction of what was such a vast expanse of land, which would become obviously to be known as North America. It's, I, I mean, I haven't even opened the first, I haven't even opened the, read the first page yet. Um, but that's really intriguing because it's, it's, it, he's Spanish. And when you get, when you get these sort of things from a European's perspective, uh, especially at the, during this time period, you have to understand that their their perspective that they're going to give you is obviously going to be very skewed. Um, there was, I mean, the, they're going to paint themselves as you would. I mean, who wouldn't do this? They're going to paint themselves as like the heroes of this land. I mean, you would do the same thing. Don't 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 bag on these guys because that that's what they did. You would do it too. Um, but the the great spectacle that was European encounters Native Americans and they just in the in in this new land for Europeans but in this old and um what's the word uh like ritualistic land that the Native Americans have been um <clears throat> using all this time uh and I think that spectacle is going to be painted in a very biased light as as it's, I mean as as it, it would be painted from a biased light from the other side too if i was reading a narrative about some native american uh, that he wrote that somebody wrote and their experiences it would be extremely biased towards the native americans but um it's really interesting to think about and i think what I'm most looking forward to about the about the book is the the descriptions that they are going to give of North American customs and how they interacted with their newcomers. Uh, I just think that's that's going to be really interesting to read. Um, but you know, to each their own. Uh, the book of choice I'm going to read after that because, as you heard, I'm reading that one because. I'm being forced to. <clears throat> like if I if I wasn't if I wasn't being forced to read this book, I probably wouldn't read this book. But whatever. Um, the next book I'm gonna read by choice. Uh, I have two options. Uh, the Silent Patient, which I don't have next to me, so I don't know who that's by. But it's it's really good. Um, I know somebody that's read it. Um, they said they said nothing but great things about it. So I know that's going to be great. The one they didn't read was called They Both Die at the End, and it's by Adam Silvera. I've never read one of his books. It's been a long time since I've read anything. So maybe I have, and it's whatever. Um, but I have this one next to me. So I thought we'd read through the, the little, the little, what do you call it? The little introduction, uh, like the preamble. I don't know if that's the right word, but that sounded like the right word, guys. Come on. All right. From what I know, it's like 
these people are living their lives. You know, people live. Oh, here we go. Here we go. We're going to read this together, all right? On September 5th, a little after midnight, Death Cast calls Mateo Torres and Rufus Materio to deliver some bad news. They're going to die in less than 24 hours. Mateo and Rufus are total strangers, but for different reasons, they're both looking to make a new friend on their end day. The good news is there's an app for that. It's called Last Friend. And through it, Rufus and Mateo meet up for one final epic adventure, to live a lifetime in a single day. Uh, I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty cool. I did not know. And it shows two people on the front of the cover kind of walking together in this really beautiful uh, paint scenario. And uh, yeah, there's a giant city skyline painted behind him. And I, I could sit here and guess what city it is, but I don't want to embarrass myself. But it's really beautiful, and they're walking together on this, like, next to this railing, and they're getting shadow. They have a shadow from the moon, and their shadow is in the shape of the Grim Reaper. It's got his scythe and everything, so you can easily tell it's him. But that's a uh, it's a really cool uh, cover picture. But also a very uh, interesting <coughs> plot, and I am actually this is a book I'm really excited to read. Obviously, after I read uh, the narrative of Kebeza de Vaca, but it it this should be a fun book. It's really long, actually. Um, I just looked now; it's like three hundred and sixty something pages. But I will finish it. I will, and I will talk about it one day on another episode. I will finish it. I swear. Um. Anyway, let's move on. That's enough books, all right? That's ten minutes of books we just did. People are people. People are asleep already. Who, who fucking cares about books? All right. So next topic I got on here, we're gonna talk about my boys. They're not my boys, but I really love them. Arsenal Football Club. Um, now again, just like the books thing, not everybody's cup of tea, but I'm gonna go over what's happened so far. There's been four match days, uh, so far in the English Premier League. And Arsenal have won all four. They're top of the their only team that's won all four games. Um, they beat Crystal Palace away, two uh, 0 Um, I don't remember who got on the score sheet in that game. I don't remember who got on the score sheet in actually any of these games. Um, Martinelli scored late on, I think. Um, uh, Crystal Palace actually might have been the uh, Jesus uh, double. I know he scored. He scored the last goal against Leicester City, who they played next and won four two, and then they played Bournemouth and won three zero, and then they just played who they just play, Fulham, and they beat Fulham three. Oh, I don't know. Two uh two one two one. It was actually um all those goals were scored in the second half, and it wasn't the best performance. From Arsenal, but holy crap, Mitrovic for Fulham is a beast right now. Um, but I just want to talk about the team real quick. Uh, I'm gonna say some names. Nobody's gonna know them. Uh, so unless you unless you follow the English Premier League here in America, but most likely nobody's gonna know who these people are. So I'm gonna start with uh, a couple of new uh, signings we got this summer. Gabriel Jesus from Manchester City. Um, Lord help us if he gets injured because. Oh my god, he is the heart and soul of that offense. 
you, we saw in the Fulham game if that if he's not click if he's not performing, we just kind of bleh without him. Um, he has come in along with a couple of other new guys, uh, William Saliba and Alexander Zenchenko, and absolutely just revitalize this team. Uh, I can't praise uh, these guys enough, and I'm sure you've heard it from Arsenal fans before, like other, you know, whatever. You've heard it. Maybe you haven't, but Arsenal play. Arsenal fans like to talk about, like, okay, we sucked. We sucked. We were terrible. We're, we're better now, so we can t- we like to tell people that we're better now because we sucked for a while. But those three, those three players, oh my gosh, especially I'm excited for Saliba. I think he'll go great with Gabriel on the back line. Uh, ben White as well, going out and playing right back. That, <clears throat> that to me, uh, is a very, but a very smooth transition. I don't know if he's played right back for uh, previous teams before. Uh, I, I certainly don't remember him uh, playing that position last year, uh, but I could be wrong. Um, but he has done what terrific on the right back spot, uh, as well as Inchenko on the left, obviously. Uh, Jaka as well, uh, completely uh, different role than he's used than used to. Um, basically, all his time at Arsenal, he was more of a uh, pivot midfielder, central defensive midfielder, um, but. Now he has this, Arteta has given him more free reign in the attacking uh, third of the pitch, and he does look a little uncomfortable uh, at some points, but that's to be expected. It's his first year uh, working up there at the other side of the pitch where he normally doesn't work. Um, But he's he's adapted well, I want to say. Martin Odegaard is doing Martin Odegaard things. Uh, It's just what he does. Saka has been a little disappointing to start the year, but I don't worry about that. He'll be fine. Martinelli has actually, that left side of the pitch has actually been uh, a lot more active than the right side, I want to say, with Martinelli and Zinchenko outperforming Ben White and Saka. But I think as Ben White grows into that position more, it will get better. It will get better. Um, Speaking of Arteta and his tactics... I I can't believe it, man. Um, when he came in, all I wanted was for him to get a chance because uh, Unai Emery just, I don't know. I think with more time, he could have adapted to the, to the Premier League. And the team wasn't great for him. And I think he really struggled with a team that wasn't didn't have an identity, uh, wasn't put together well, uh, didn't wasn't under what he wanted. You know, managers want certain players because that's the way they want to play the game. They have certain players to fit their play style. But I, I think with more time, he would have done well, but it didn't work out. Arteta comes in. Did we actually give him time, which thank goodness, because he has really, really took this chance and is now performing very well with it. Um, now, I made predictions uh, before the year started, and I predicted Arsenal would finish fifth and I still would be happy with fifth place I was happy with fifth place last year I know the end of the year was very very embarrassing very embarrassing but we still got fifth place locked in that Europa League spot but I had I have I had Arsenal fifth again and 
that was mainly because, you know, Manchester City and Liverpool um, are always going to be in the top four. And I predicted um, Manchester City to win the league, as any logical human being would, let's be honest. Spurs to come second, because I really believe in Antonio Conte. Uh, Liverpool third, and then uh, Chelsea fourth, and Arsenal fifth. And the reason why I did that is because in my head I was like, I think Chelsea and Spurs are going to get knocked out of the Champions League quite early. Um, earlier than Liverpool and Man City, I thought for sure. Uh, Liverpool's looked pretty bad to start the year. Well, not, well, we'll get, whatever. That's for a Liverpool fan, not for me. Um, but they haven't looked great. Um, but I thought with them making deep Champions League ones, you know, they lack a little bit. Uh, got that backwards. I thought with them not making deep Champions League runs, they get knocked out early. You know, maybe they get knocked out of the FA Cup, you know, whatever. They can solely focus on the league. And with that, and while Manchester City and Liverpool were still in Europe, we're still in the FA Cup, we're still in the EFL Cup, they could gain ground on their Premier League uh, competitors. And I really thought, I really think Spurs can get second this year. They, Conte is revolutionizing that team. Uh, I think we'll probably lose to them both times. But I just think, I don't know. I don't fully trust in Arteta's brilliance quite yet. I need to see. We have a really tough stretch. We play four games in ten, uh, 14 days. Uh, started last uh, the last game uh, with Fulham. But then after that, we have a break. And then we come back and we play like Liverpool, uh, Man United, and Spurs, I think, all at home. Uh, within the span of like 20 days, that is when we'll see, we'll really know uh, what Arsenal are made of this year. Um, I know Manchester City's not in that little stretch, but they will come uh, soon after that. Um, but those three teams, they're all home games. So we'll have to save the away matches for later, and that'll be an even tougher test. But those are all home games. If Arsenal are who they really are trying to show us right now four wins from four top of the table only team if they are who they really are trying to show us they will get at least seven points out of those three games at least seven points maybe at least six points seven's a little too much at least six points out of those nine games two wins at minimum they will show us that they can do that uh they're all home games remember so as as a realistic Arsenal fan, as a fan who's watched this team completely capitulate at random for the past four years, I am, my expectations are super low. I would be happy with three points. I would be happy with three points from those three games. I know one of them is Man United and nobody, and the other one's Liverpool, but they'll, they'll get it, they'll get it figured out. They'll, they'll pick up their pace. But those, those three games in that like 20 day stretch I'm not really sure what it is absolutely crucial absolutely crucial to Arsenal season how I'll look at Arsenal how I'll think about Arsenal how I'll change my expectations about Arsenal uh, so on and so forth um, but yeah enough about Arsenal let's talk about Nebraska what a game on Saturday I didn't watch it I was working but I heard it was absolutely fantastic didn't they won by <laughs> What, like 40 to 10? Okay, I'm done with that. They lost, obviously. How'd they lose? They were the worst team. 
plain and simple. You can okay. They were up twenty-eight to seventeen uh, in the third quarter. That's what I gathered. I still haven't looked at the box score. Um, but they were up twenty-seventeen in the third. Uh, questionable decision by Scott Frost. But the way that game uh, had progressed, and I watch uh, I watch another uh, podcast. And he, uh, uh, the late kick with Josh Pate, and he talked he he talked about Nebraska a little bit in uh, that game, and I saw uh, some of the stuff on there, but uh, they were just a worse team. Uh, they had uh, lower total yards. Northwestern Northwestern did whatever they wanted on that Nebraska defense, and the offense, especially in the second half, was just uh, non-existent, and the the passing game as well. Uh, so many drops, um, so many turnovers. Um, I, I, I saw that, uh, going into half, uh, Casey Thompson had like, uh, 200 something passing yards. And then by the time the game was over, or in the span of that second half, he had only thrown like another 40 yards passing. Like it just wasn't good, uh, in that second half. And we were down in that. So you have to be able to throw the ball, you know, at that point. You gotta be able to mix in. You gotta have some sort of throwing offense. This is an Air Force triple option, running every play, right? So I don't know. I don't know. They were the worst team. They did not deserve to win that game, in my opinion. They just didn't deserve to win it. And the way they lost it, obviously, it sucks. It sucks to lose that way. But they didn't. They didn't deserve to win. And Northwestern deserved that win. And but maybe they'll go on and have a great season. Who knows? Nobody nobody thought Northwestern would be great. Uh, but going into this season, I actually did have high expectations for Nebraska. Now, uh, every year for the past five years, people have been like, oh, Nebraska, here comes Nebraska. Scott Frost is in. Here comes Nebraska. Here comes Nebraska. I never jumped on that train until this year. The, the recruiting was especially better, uh, I felt, um, this year. And not only that, Transfer Portal helped out immensely. Uh, I, I know I just berated Katie, Casey Thompson because I was like, oh, you can't you got 40 pass yards in the second half. But he did throw for like 300-something yards. So that's pretty good. Uh, and he would throw him for more if his receivers hadn't dropped the passes. Uh, but Casey Thompson, I think a crucial pickup. He was uh, back up at Texas or whatever. He got kicked at Texas last year. I can't exactly remember. So he wasn't going to be great. To be honest, nobody, no Nebraska quarterback's going to be great. We got to sell with what we got. And we got somebody. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, I think I want to say better than Adrian Martinez. Adrian Martinez, I think, is super underrated. Um, but I think he, I think Case Thompson's a little bit better than him, and I think this offense should be able to function with him at the helm. And it shouldn't be that difficult for him to function at, at the helm. And I don't think as well it will uh, as long as his receivers can catch the football. Uh, but from here, I don't know. Now I don't know because now I don't know what to think of Nebraska. Um, because going into the year, I was like, you know what? I think this Nebraska team could win eight games. It could win seven. It could win seven or eight games. Uh, I think the over-under is at like seven, seven and a half, somewhere around there. So even, you know, there was analytics that were high on Nebraska. Um, but now, seeing this, you know, this sort of thing happens. Um, week one, just kind of bleh games. Uh, they, they do happen. Um, they happen to big teams too, like uh, 
it, it's probably happened. It's happened to Ohio State. Uh, that's for sure. Alabama it's probably happened to them too. Maybe not early season. Um, but I can, I mean, I can't think of any examples right now, but I'm sure it's happened to big teams. Uh, it's happened to teams. Other teams have high expectations and they, I don't really know where they've uh, gone from there, but I think, I think Nebraska could still win seven or eight games this year. Uh, I know that's crazy to think after what we just saw, but if this sort of thing happens. Um, I can think of an NFL example. I think maybe uh, I think it was last year that Green Bay opened the season uh, against the Saints. Maybe it was a home game, maybe it was a away game. I don't remember, but they lost thirty-eight ten. But went on to have a thirteen-four year, and then let's not talk about the playoffs because I don't want to. I just don't want to. Um, but this sort of thing happens, and teams bounce back from it. Uh, they'll get it figured out, hopefully. But I still think. I still think this team's capable of winning eight games, even after even after that. Um, there's got to be some fixes on both sides of the ball, but that's natural. Um, but you know, you got to think if this trend continues. You know, they play a couple. I think a couple of like FCS teams next. Uh, they should win those. But you know, if this kind of if they're not blowing them out, like FBS schools, Division One FBS schools should be blowing out every FCS team that comes their way. You know, Florida State won like 47-7. They suck. They suck balls. Um, so Nebraska, you know, they should be able to beat an FCS team. They're better than Florida State. Everybody's better than Florida State. Um, but I think if those games aren't blowouts, like if those are like, they should be winning by 21 points plus. At least three touchdowns. If they're not blowouts... This the the Oklahoma game that's gonna that's like week five is gonna be ugly. The Purdue game is gonna be ugly. Michigan's game's gonna be ugly. Iowa game's gonna be ugly. And then those those ones those Big Ten teams that you think you gotta hit, you you were gonna have a winning uh, winning odds against you're not Minnesota nope. Uh, who else do they gotta play? Uh, do they play Wisconsin? Surely they do right? Yeah they have to. They're on the same side. They're in the same division. That's not going to look good for them. Um, you know, even they probably play Illinois or Indiana, one of those two schools. Oh, that's probably not looking good. So for these next two weeks for Nebraska, um, they need to be punishing an FCS school. Bottom line. There's absolutely no reason they shouldn't be. Um, you're an FBS school. If you can't punish an FCS team for playing you, You've got some serious problems, and they probably do have something to do with the coaching staff. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, only time will tell. Not really, not not really any other way to say it than that. But uh, I think that's going to be it for the first episode of the Sea String Podcast. I don't have anything more on my sheet. I think um, I've got a runtime of about twenty eight minutes here. Now this this sort of this episode was sort of just thrown together. But I, I, I'm not exactly sure how long these are going to be in the future. Um, half an hour seems like a pretty good mark. Um, but I think I think I could, um, especially once I narrow down what I really want to talk about, um, I don't necessarily want to do this thing where I just kind of write stuff down and then just write whatever's on my mind and talk about that. Because, you know, that's not, it's not really interesting and it, it's, not, it's not enough effort. You know, I, need, I want to put a lot of effort into this. And because high effort receives, obviously, high reward. 
and just writing stuff down. That's whatever you think about. You know, maybe you're not, maybe I'm not thinking of things right or whatever. Um, but especially when I get what narrowed down, what I'm going to talk about, you know, maybe we'll have a schedule, you know, maybe I'll do, I'll do talk about something one day and we'll have like a book day Tuesday, uh, Arsenal, Arsenal thing Wednesday and Rascating Thursday. That's not always what it's going to be. That's not, it's not the three topics. That's just what I, it's just what I was thinking about today. Um, but whatever I choose, you know, I have a lot, there's a lot of things I could talk about. Um, but this will probably, then the episodes could be longer. You know, I can go deeper into these things. You know, I could really get you the stats. Okay, what's Jesus? You know, how how fat, you know, how much of the pitch is he occupying? You know, how many touches did he get on the ball? How many chances did he have to score? Uh, you know, how many touches with his left, with his right? How many times did he beat his defender? You know, I could get really in-depth on these sort of things. You know, if I really pick a, pick a topic and stick with that. Um, I think a 45-minute podcast episode... 50-minute podcast episode would be pretty cool. Um, I struggle to talk for 50 minutes sometimes, but, uh, you know, you never know. Um, but yeah, as I said, that's going to be it for the first episode of the C-String Podcast. I'm going to figure out how to save this thing. I haven't even tried to do that yet on my computer, but hopefully that goes well. Hopefully people see this. This will probably be going up on, uh, what's today? August 30th, sometime in the morning. Uh, yeah, because today's the 29th, so this will go up on the 30th, sometime in the morning. It's going to be a surprise to everybody. Nobody's going to know. I'm going to post it on, post it everywhere, and then people are going to be what? You made a podcast? That's crazy. Yeah, I made a podcast. Uh, we'll have special guests in the future. I'm going to invite a bunch of different people on here. I'm going to take this home. I'm going to invite some family. I'm going to invite some friends. Gracie's going to want to be on it. It's going to be great. So, as I've said, for the third time now, third time's the charm, ready? Thank you so much for what, yeah, whatever. All right. Thank you so much, though, for real. And bye.